Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today our study is in the book of Acts, chapter 21. Here's Pastor Ryan. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, Peter says, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the, the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh and the lust of unclean, uncleanness and despise authority. And especially those who walk according to the flesh and the lust of uncleanliness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. not that crazy? That's how serious God is about talking smack and slandering the pastor or church leaders. Like, it's, it's here. It's, it's, it's not... It's not godly, and he handles that. God takes care of that. That's why in 1 Timothy chapter 5, 19, it says, Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. And that's just part of the honor that God calls the church to give to church leadership. Because church leadership deals with all kinds of drama. That thank goodness, I remember sitting in, in your place not having to deal with that, you know? And just looking up at the pastor and thinking, I wonder what, they ha- what he has to deal with. More than you know. But the Lord strengthens me. Amen. All right. So they were cool. They said goodbye on the shores. And they all accompanied us with wives and children till we were out of the city and we knelt down on the shore and prayed. When we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship and they returned home. And when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Ptolemaeus, greeted the brethren, and stayed with them one day. Ptolemaeus. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And so from Tyre, they went to Ptolemaeus, and then from Ptolemaeus, they landed in Caesarea, which was the capital of the Roman Empire in Judea. So that was, it's a beautiful place if you get to go to Israel. And hopefully, since we're growing, we can throw it on the calendar for something and maybe go in a couple years to Israel. But Caesarea is one of the spots that we can go to. It's like crystal clear blue water. It's a man-made seaport there. There's Roman artifacts all over the place, a huge Roman amphitheater. Um, There's crusader um, forts there and stuff. So it's a real beautiful place. And so, and I can imagine even back then how beautiful it looked. But they went and stayed with Philip the Evangelist there in Caesarea, and Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven. Now, he was one of the seven deacons that uh, it speaks about in Acts 6, but he's not Philip the Apostle. He's not one of the 12 that was with our Lord. Amen? Because people confuse them. It's not the same Philip. It's not the Philip from the Chosen. (laughs) 
It's Philip the deacon. But I like how, you know, he was known as the evangelist. So he was one who evangelized. Tried to win people for Christ. He shared the Lord with people. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily have the gift of evangelism. I believe God has given me the gift of teaching, hopefully, or you guys wouldn't be here. But some guys can preach it and will them in like shooting fish in a barrel. And I remember being in Maine with uh, Pastor Ken Graves at his church, and he had a, a brother. What was the brother who, the evangelist? It was another Ken, yeah, from like the South. Ken from Louisiana. And he, you know, Ken and I, we, we taught at this conference, gave an invitation, maybe one or two people. Ken, the evangelist, goes up. <laughs> the whole place gets saved. And that's what Ken told me. Uh, Ken Graves told me about Ken. Like, oh, he's got the gift of evangelism. He, he, he says a few words and everyone gets saved. And like, but you know what? I think that we can at least plant seeds. If that's not you or I, we can share with everyone and anyone and everyone. Anyone and everyone you come in contact with. Do you know Jesus loves you? Do you know Jesus cares for you? You know Jesus has a plan for your life. Come to our church. I mean, just drop a seed. That we can do. But it says here that Philip was one of the seven. And one of the seven is speaking of him being one of the seven deacons that was chosen in Acts 6. You know the story, right? They were distributing food. Uh, to the widows, to the poor. And it just wasn't being done right. There was favoritism being done. The Hellenist widows versus the Hebrew widows. The Hellenist widows were like, like Jewish with, with Greek influence who, uh, who embraced the Greek culture. Like their widows were being neglected. And then the, the real Jewish Christians, pure kind of into Judaism, they were giving you know, more donuts and more, more food. And the apostle says, wait a minute, you know, this, this, this can't be right. This, won't, this isn't right. Choose from among you, is what they said. Men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And what did they say? They said, choose from among you, men of good reputation. Men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom among yourselves you choose them you know who they are in other words see there's people who feel they can appoint themselves to positions in the church but it's God who appoints people you just kind of look around to see what people are doing and you know what they're about and oh you know you do this cool you know and the, the we we recognize wow that person's faithful that person's has wisdom that person's full of the holy spirit and um you know it reminds us of philip's life is that god has standards in his church that that some people don't know that you know but god has standards biblically you just god doesn't just want anyone off the street coming in and and being your pastor the Bible's clear about standards that he has. Not that God's looking for perfect people. None of us would be here. God, you know, look at us. We're a motley bunch. But what God...
God does desire is that we love him. What God does desire is that people are tested first, that they are faithful in the little things, so then they're faithful in the greater. That those are his standards. They're, they're not mine. You know how many people have snapped over that? You guys are crazy to have standards. Well, just read the Bible. You know, I gotta make sure you're born again, because people can play the role. Hallelujah, yada yada. You know, you're either born again or you're not. Are you practicing sin? Then you're probably not born again. He who is born of God does not sin. Stop. We still sin, but we don't practice sin. So we have to make sure that these standards are met. Philip, one of the seven, he reminds us of that. Likewise, deacons, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8 through 13, likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. But let these also first be tested. Like God doesn't want people handing out food in the church to widows if they're not first tested. You understand? So that's why we, want, we like to take things slow at Sweet Hills. We like to take things slow. There's so much to learn about one another. We got to know if we love each other, first of all. We got to know if we can work together, first of all. You know what I mean? Not everybody can receive our ministry, my ministry. Pastor Chuck taught us pastors that. Not everyone can receive your ministry. That's why I like to take it slow. You may have heard a good sermon here, but man, I guarantee you, you probably will hear some bad ones too. Will you still stay? Will you still stay? I care more about a person loving God than they do than I do their talent. Talent is how the world views people. Heart is what God views. Heart. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, he says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So I'm called to commit things to faithful men. Philip was faithful. Philip must have had a church in Caesarea. And they're all there, the disciples in Caesarea. Maybe as parents, we can remember that God has standards when it comes to our kids' behavior. God has standards for how we behave at the table. God has standards how we Speak to older folks. Look them in the eye. Shake their hand. Open doors for women. God has standards on a lot of things. And it says here that he also, now this man, also had four virgin daughters who prophesied. That is like the most incredible verse in the Bible. Just boom. And he had four daughters who were virgins who prophesied. Gosh, that's so tough. That's tough. Power from young ladies who are pure. Power from young men who are pure. Power from a pure church. A holy church is a powerful weapon, they say, in the hand of a mighty God. Holiness. His daughters were given up for them. They were virgins. This world looks... This world can care less about what I just said. But for us who love God, it is the most beautiful and precious gift sex is between a husband and a wife. It is a gift. It is a gift.
It is a joyous gift. And the way the devil has distorted it, because he twists everything, right? God made a male and female. He makes a man and man. One female. One man. It's a sweet thing to, to, uh, to see purity. It's a beautiful thing. As a church, we need to promote it, encourage it. I mean, those are hard conversations to have with, with, with some of the youth, but, you know, I'm pretty sure they get around to it at our church because we want them to be preached to be pure. In Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases don't awaken it, the Bible says. Don't allow your kids to see, you know, shows where the kid, where the teenagers are, are scamming. That's an 80s term for making out. It should be looked upon as very sad. Very sad. It should be something that is viewed as a lesson to not to do. That those young people, son or daughter, they do not know Jesus Christ. They're kissing somebody else's future wife or husband. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with all those, with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. So it's, it's flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness. We're to teach our young Men and women, our young boys and girls, you're single, you can't afford a pad, you don't even got a job. What are you playing? Are you going to play house? How? How? How does that work? You're not ready. And if you're pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace, you're going to be saying to me, this young lady is a godly woman, mom. This young lady is a godly woman, dad. Not all, oh, she's be beautiful, like we all did before we knew Jesus. And some parents think, well, I was that way when I, you're not that way now, you've been saved. Stop them from making these same, don't enable that because their sin becomes your sin. Some prayers are hindered, I believe, because parents are a little lax on that area. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, Paul is exhorting the women of the church, the older women, that they were that in like manner also that they would teach the younger women to adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. God. God is calling the young ladies to be modest. You can tell them, you know, yeah, when you're married, wear whatever you want in your, in your home. But we're at war, you see. And Satan's trying to take down men and women in the church like crazy. And the last thing they need is Hoochie mama style sisters and brothers in the church. 
There's grace if they just got saved. Come on, give them some grace. Somebody you can go get a sister to go talk to that sister or whatever. There's grace when they... But if they've been saved for a while now and they're just, you know, come on. And the men too, not keeping their eyes where they're supposed to be. In James 1 verse 27, it says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You want to be right with God? Be unspotted from the world. If they say, well, my friends dress that way. Hey, your friends, parents don't care apparently. I do. You need new friends. Don't sacrifice your kids. To bad friends, man. Yeah, but they don't have a father. Uh, yeah, this pastor didn't have a father either. But I hope that they kept kids away from me if I was wanting to do bad at the time as a little boy. You know what I mean? It's like you can't sacrifice your kids for that. You can't let them be little missionaries for bad kids that are going to, you know, make your kids bad. Maybe you could invite them to church. Kind of neutral ground. Not even neutral ground, it's our ground. And they prophesied, oh my goodness, that's so, that's so soldierly, I don't even know where to begin. But they didn't tell Paul, watch out for Jerusalem. They didn't tell him that. It just says that this is, this was their, this is what these girls did. Youth who are here, you're here today. Thank God you're here. God wanted you to hear this. You would think, oh, pastor knows we're all going to be in here. He's going to be talking about dressing right and being pure. They're here. I forgot. They're here. They're here. They're with us. But here's the deal. You know, um, they had power. Like God wants to use you in your young age. Don't wait till you're older and think God will use me when I'm older. God wants to use you now. He wants you to be an example to uh, to your brothers and sisters in the youth group in high school. That you know what? Yeah. The world is lame. And you know, we should actually make stickers, Sweet Hill stickers that say, the world is lame. (laughs) And put them in the youth group, you know. And put something like, but God so loved the world. So, you know, it's an evangelism of the world, but but that it's, it's like vogue and chic to say, the world is lost. There's nothing out there for you. Kids, you have what they need, not the other way around. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, remember, he stood up and they were speaking in tongues, the apostles and the people, and they were just like, whoa, these people are drunk. And he stood up and he, and he preached on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. But what Peter quoted was Joel chapter 2, verse 22, that prophesied that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit upon the church and that young people would prophesy. In Acts chapter 2, verse 16 through 18, Peter stood up and said, But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men, men, men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. Man, give me, a, give me a word from the Lord, young ones. Give me a dream, you older ones. People have been dreaming. Like, I hear all the dream reports. Do you guys, you guys don't get the dream report. I'm the pastor, so I get the dream report. I had a dream. All right, what's the dream? The dream is, we were all 
And they get crazy, but some are like, oh my gosh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. God speaking through you to your church. So before you go to bed, just say, Lord, give me a good one. And write it down. Because we're living in those times. Exciting times. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. That's heavy, huh, Agabus? So you know, like in the Bible days, they had the whole like robe kind of garb. So he took Paul's sash and tied himself to his, and said, this is going to happen to the man who owns this in Jerusalem. This Agabus was in Acts 11, and he prophesied that there would be a great famine in Jerusalem. This guy prophesied the weather. You know what I mean? No one's blown away by that? Can you imagine that? To be able to say, yeah, on Tuesday it's going to be storming. But it's summer. Watch. That's crazy. But what about global warming? Where does that play into? That's just a little jab on Independence <laughs> on Independence Day. <laughs> but anyways, um, he prophesied. He prophesied. And the weather, and so they gathered finances from all the Gentile churches and brought that to the church in Judea. How cool is that? That's Agabus. That's, that's, this is that guy. And what's interesting, what came to mind is he says, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When I hear into the hands of the Gentiles, deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles, who does that remind you of? Oh my gosh, Paul was being molded and shaped into our, our Lord. And he would write that we all are being transformed into the image of our Lord. Why would he go and suffer for the Lord? Because God was making him more like Jesus, and that was Paul's heart to be more like Jesus. And all of the apostles, minus John the Beloved, were all killed. We want to be more like Jesus too, right? Suffering's part of it. Trials are a part of it. Attacks from the devil is a part of it. Attacks from outside the church are a part of it. Attacks from inside the church is a part of it. If we want to be like the Lord, we're going to experience these things. And we do want to be like the Lord because he died for us. And if he gave up everything, then I'm willing to give up whatever. So help me, God. And I know you are too. Anything, Lord. Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 20, verse 18, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and on the third day he will rise again. Whatever Paul was going to face, 
He was ready to do so for the Lord, knowing that the Lord would comfort him and reward him for his sufferings. Paul answered, or now we, when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. So Luke and his companions are saying, don't go, don't go. And even the rest of the Christians in Caesarea, they're just like, don't go. You're going to suffer. They're going to get you. They, they well-hearted. They loved him. Then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. My goodness. What won't we give up for the Lord? What won't we give up for the Lord? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapman, above.